If you pay peanuts, you'll get monkeys. James Goldsmith. Welcome to Retirement Ship, your mentor to and through retirement. I'm your host, Freeman Lindy, Certified Financial Planner. We've covered a lot of financial planning from all the various domains of financial plan to distilling it down to a one-page action plan that you can take and go forth and conquer. Perhaps after everything we've discussed, you would like to find a financial planner. We're going to cover how to find that planner that is right for you. First, the two-min tune-in, primary points of the podcast in the first two minutes. We're going to cover the why, what, and how of finding a financial planner. First, we want to look at why we would find a planner. Why don't we just do it ourselves? Why would we pay someone an exorbitant amount of money to create a financial plan for us? Didn't we just listen to a whole podcast on doing it ourselves? We want to know why we would find a planner before we set out to find one. Second, we want to look at what to look for in a planner. What are some must-haves that any financial planner you work with must have before you work with them? And a couple of preference items, some things that I think you should prefer, but of course, it's up to you. And thirdly, want to look at how to find a planner. There's so many places you could go to to find a planner, it can be overwhelming. We'll give you a good place to start and a few tips on actually finding that advisor that could be the one to walk you to retirement and beyond. It's all coming up on the Retirement Show Podcast. Creating a Financial Plan Part 8, Finding a Planner. You've likely gathered from the previous episodes that creating a financial plan is not the simplest thing in the world. Not if you want it to be good, not if you want it to be comprehensive, and not if you want it to be produced competently. Thus, many, many people turn to financial planners for help. People who have devoted their entire lives to creating the best financial plans and helping people to implement them and stay up to date on them over the decades of their lives. What to look at today, why we will find a planner, what to look for in a planner, and how to find a planner. First up, why would we find a financial plan? We've already previously studied the six benefits of financial planning. Those are organization, helping you put the pieces of your financial life in order, education, helping you understand how all of your financial picture fits together, visualization, helping you see the potential long-term effects of financial decisions, accountability, helping you stay on track to meet your financial goals, proactivity, helping you address issues before they become problems, and objectivity, helping you make hard choices and good decisions. We cover those in depth on the episode dedicated to the six benefits of financial planning. You can find that at retirementorship.com slash six, or scroll back through your podcast player to find the sixth episode. That aired back in February of 2021. While certainly all of those benefits apply to working with the planner, those are more the benefits of planning itself. Why would we want a planner to help us with that? In my opinion, one of the greatest things holding people back from optimizing their finances, saving more money, making more money, and paying less in taxes is simply inaction. People don't do the things they need to do. Often they don't know what to do. There isn't the competence there to do it. But beyond that, people lack the margin in their lives to take the time and they lack the capacity to be able to create good financial plans. 
They often may even know they need a professional, but never get around to actually finding one. Or perhaps they feel ashamed of their finances, feel like they should be farther along, and thus don't want to reach out to someone and reveal their personal, very personal finances to someone else. So often they do it alone, or don't do it alone, but simply amble through life. They pay way more taxes than they need to. They make less on their investments because they're poorly allocated and invested. And they deal with stress about their money that is completely unnecessary. A great financial plan created by a great financial planner can do five things. They may help you with any of these five things or even all of these five things. One, they may save you more money. Good financial planning helps find lots of wasted money and ways to save it, whether it's on taxes or on high premiums on insurances you don't need or with companies that are too expensive. Or in interest rates with refinancing or getting rid of debt. A good financial planner may save you more money than you've paid them. That alone, of course, would make it worth hiring the planner. Second, they may help you make more money. Most of us don't know how to do our investments, and even listening to a plan around creating an investing plan doesn't necessarily teach you everything you need to know to create your own investing plan. If they were able to get your investments invested just a little bit better, the compound effect of that over your lifetime could be worth much more than you have ever paid them in your life. Number three, they may provide peace of mind and confidence. Even if you create a good one-page financial plan for yourself with all the right calculations and everything done correctly, is that going to give you the peace of mind you need when the markets are going crazy, when everyone's telling you to abandon your plan and do something else, and you really don't know if you did it right in the first place? Haven't you worked too hard and too long to go through all of that stress and fear alone? Number four, a good financial plan created by a good financial planner may help you overcome procrastination and get things done. Again, it's inaction that holds many people back. Delaying and procrastinating to get the things done that will save them money, make them more money, or simply take care of the things that they need to do, like getting their estate plan done. Good planners will help you overcome procrastination by creating the plan with clear action steps for you to undertake and holding you accountable to getting them done. And number five, a good planner will save you time and capacity. We looked at that a little bit in the five C's at the beginning of the series, that capacity, the actual ability to calculate these things to create your own plan is often lacking. Many people are smart enough to create their own financial plan, to grasp the different elements of investing and tax planning and estate planning, and they could learn it all and create their own plans, but they simply lack the capacity Combine that with procrastination, and they never get the competence it takes to do the planning themselves. And even if they do, they don't get around to actually doing it. Think about this, too, for a bit as you contemplate hiring someone. Obviously, the only reason you wouldn't hire a financial planner is if you thought you could do it better yourself, that you could save more money by not hiring a planner than you would by getting one. If it's a net cost, of course, if hiring a planner ends up making you worse off than not hiring one, there's no reason to. 
if the value of those five things, saving more money, making more money, providing peace of mind and confidence, overcoming procrastination to get items done, and saving time and capacity, if the sum total of those five values of a planner are not worth more than what they're charging, then certainly don't hire them. But let's look at just the time it would take you to create your own financial plan. Minimum, assuming that you have all the base knowledge you would need to actually do a financial plan, I estimate it would take the average person 40 hours or more to create a financial plan. That, again, is assuming you have all the base knowledge to make it competently. That you already know about tax planning and investment planning and estate planning and what insurance you need and don't need and what to look for. Assuming you know all that, it's still going to take 40 hours to do all the calculations and come up with all the plans. Of course, that is certainly worth it to spend that time to then have a much better plan that creates all those good benefits down the road, but that's no small amount of time now. If you earn $30 an hour, that means it's costing you $1,200 to create your own financial plan. Again, assuming you do it right. If you're salaried at $120,000 and you work 50 hours a week for 50 weeks, then you, on average, of course, make $48 an hour. And so it would cost you just shy of $2,000 to create your own plan. And again, that's assuming competence. Think about this. Certified financial planners study a minimum of 250 hours to complete the certified financial planning exam. And this is after passing three or four other licensing exams that they often have. Even with all that, the pass rate for 2020 was only 63%. If certified financial planners are studying an average of 500 hours for an exam, after completing many other exams that they studied hundreds of hours for those, and have a minimum of three years of experience working with clients and developing plans, do you think that their competence might be higher than the average person's? Is it higher than yours? Will your plan that took you 40 plus hours to complete be as good with someone with that much experience and expertise? Maybe. Reading a couple of books on finance and listening to a podcast doesn't make someone an expert. I'm not saying that you, in particular, lack the competence to make your own plan. It doesn't really matter what I think. It only matters what you think. Do you think you have the competence? Even people who don't, if they think they do, they won't hire an expert to do it for them. They'll do it themselves and miss out on many of the benefits. Do you have the time and capacity to learn everything that you truly need to create your own financial plan? And then, do you have the time and capacity to do all the calculations and apply all that knowledge to your situation to come up with a good financial plan? Again, a good plan will certainly be worth it. It may help you save more money, make more money, provide you more peace of mind and confidence, overcome procrastination, get items done, and save you time and capacity down the road. It's worth it. question for you is, should you do it yourself or should you find a planner? And I think for most people, the answer is they should find a planner. And if you think that finding a planner is only for those people who are not smart enough or skilled enough or intelligent enough to do it themselves, then think about this. It's professional athletes that hire a coach, not amateurs. It's the ones who want to be the best that hire coaches and trainers and other people to help them be better. They don't go it alone. And it's the people who want the best for their money who hire a coach, or in this case, a planner. If you want the best, work with professional. And the question becomes, who is that professional you're working for, with? What are you looking for? That brings up our second point, what to look for in a planner. 
there are some must-haves and some preference items to look for. Here are the must-haves. There are four. Number one, a true fiduciary. Your financial planner must legally and in practice act in your best interest in all things. There are two standards. The fiduciary standard, meaning that they have to act in your best interest, and the suitability standard, meaning that they must do things that are at least suitable for your situation. There are so many good fiduciary financial advisors and planners out there. There is no reason to work with someone who is not a true fiduciary. And I say true fiduciary because there are others that in parts of their practice are a fiduciary, but not in all things. A true fiduciary is not just acting in your best interest because they are legally required to. They are acting in your best interest because it is who they are. They've built their practice around doing so. They know that it's better for their clients and, in the end, better for them as well. Your planner must be a true fiduciary. Number two, they must have the competence. They must know what they're doing. They cannot merely be financial salespeople who are taught how to sell you financial products. They must understand planning and what to do. A certified financial planner is the preferred is the gold standard in competence for financial planning. There are many, many CFPs out there, and they are worth the cost. If you are examining a certified financial planner and a local sales rep for a financial services company, you will immediately see that this certified financial planner seems to be more expensive on the front end. If we haven't fully grasped how this is not the case, then please stay tuned for next week when we cover the true cost of free advice. Paying now for a good financial planner will be worth it in the end. If you're looking for competence, start with a certified financial planner. Number three, they support your values. They don't have to necessarily vote for the same person you do, but they should be able to put your values and your vision for your life first. Their goal isn't to persuade you to do what they think you should do for your life, but rather to help you align your use of capital with your values. And four, they should have no sales quotas or minimums. They cannot represent you if they represent the company that they're required to sell things for. And again, there are so many good financial advisors and planners that do not work for companies that require them to sell you products there's no reason to work with those that do. And finally, a preference item, work with an independent registered investment advisor. These would be people that are not affiliated with a broker dealer or insurance company. It's my preference that it especially would not be affiliated with an insurance company. I don't personally know of any insurance companies that don't require some kind of minimum or sales quota on the insurance products their advisors write. And again, I can't see how someone in practice could be a true fiduciary if they're required to sell you certain products. And when it comes to broker-dealers, many of the broker-dealers have lots of back-channel deals and many different conflicts of interest where they are promoting certain products or strategies over others. Maybe they don't have any requirements or sales quotas, but they do have many other conflicts of interest that may come between you and the true fiduciary advice. 
There's a brochure that every financial advisor must give you before you conduct any business with them, and you'll notice that the brochures that come from broker-dealers are much, much longer than those that come from registered investment advisors. Registered investment advisors are always held to the fiduciary standard. An advisor could work with a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor, in which case they can be a fiduciary when they're working through their RIA, but not through the broker-dealer. That's why, as a preference item, it's better to work with one that is not affiliated with a broker-dealer or insurance company. Then you know that they're operating as a true fiduciary at all times. kind of becomes a shortcut to filter out some of the things that you must have. So again, you want to have a planner who is a true fiduciary, who has competence, a CFP preferred, who supports your values, and who doesn't have any sales quotas or minimums. These are easiest to find if you look for independent registered investment advisors over those affiliated with a broker-dealer or insurance company. Lastly, how to find a planner. There are so many resources out there to find one and so many companies you could choose for, it becomes a paralysis of analysis situation. Let's distill it down and make it a little easier. Give you at least somewhere to start. Start by going to wiseradvisor.com. That's spelt wiseradvisor.com. This is a service that will match you with advisors and creates a financial advisor directory. They do screen advisors, though not perfectly, but they will at least weed out much of the chaff, giving you the cream of the crop at the top. I recommend that people use the financial advisor directory link at the top to browse by city or state. Depending on where you live, this will give you a short list of advisors that you can stroll through. You'll see that they're quite qualified and you have many to choose from that mark the competence factors. At that point then, you are looking for advisors that fit your values and that you align with on other items. Or if you prefer, you can fill out a questionnaire and get matched with three advisors who will call you. This is handy if you know that you won't actually do the work to go pre-screen them. Taking the time to do the short survey will give your contact information to a few well-qualified advisors and they'll reach out to you until they get a hold of you. Do this if you know that you won't do the work and you want people following up with you. Otherwise, if you don't want people calling you and emailing you constantly until you get back to them, you can do the advisor directory and browse yourself. There is no perfect method for finding advisors, so you still need to interview them. We recommend that you interview two to three advisors or planners to find out about them, their practice, and their planning and investment philosophy. We covered five questions that you should ask your financial advisor in episode five. You can go to retirementorship.com slash five or scroll back in the podcast episode five. Again, that was in late January and find the episode on those five questions. Anyone that you talk to, whether you currently have an advisor or if you are trying to find a planner, you should ask these five questions. The podcast goes in depth and why these questions are important and what you should be looking for in those answers. So browsing wiseradvisor.com will give you a short list. Reach out to two or three of them, schedule some calls, and ask those questions. That will give you a good sense of what you will get and what it will cost and allow you to narrow it down quite a bit on who you should work for. Be prepared to pay for it. If you pay peanuts, you'll get monkeys. 
good planner is always worth the price, and you do get what you pay for. A great planner will always be worth many multiples of their fee. That's why the average client stays with a true planner for 20 plus years, with the leading causes of ending the relationship being death or significant change in circumstances. These clients are paying the financial planning fee and the advisor fees again and again, year after year, because it is worth it. Of course, just because other people do things is not a reason for you to do them. You must have better reasons to find an advisor than the fact that other people work with them. And that's why we recommend understanding the differences between advisors and the value you can get from planning before you commit to one. So interview a couple of them, two to three, ask the questions, the five questions from episode five, and you will be able to find the advisor who will create your plan with you and help you get it done. Find a great planner, create a great plan, continually act on that plan instead of reacting to current events, and you will be much better for it. Of course, even in interviewing advisors, you won't quite get the full scope of their philosophies and how they plan and how they think. That is why I'm hoping this podcast might offer some insights into how we plan, how we think. And if it's something that you have enjoyed and you're looking for a planner, of course, we are available. You can find my financial planning practice at LaxFP, that's Lacrosse Financial Planning, L-A-X-F-P.com. There'll be a link in the show notes as well. If you'd like to check us out, and if you've been enjoying the way that we do planning, the way that we think about different planning topics and investing and behavior, then you may enjoy working with us, and we would love to help you create your plan and stick with it. Certainly, there are many, many great financial advisors and planners out there, and one of my goals is that everyone would be working with a great financial planner that they trust and is trustworthy, and that they would enjoy the outcomes of paying less in taxes, keeping more money for themselves, creating greater wealth for their children and charities, and enjoying their money more. I can't possibly work with everyone that's out there, which is why I'm happy to recommend resources to help you find someone else if you'd rather work with someone else. But of course, know that we are currently accepting new clients, and if you'd like to interview us as one of your three, feel free to reach out on our website. We have one more episode in this Creating a Financial Plan series, one more piece that I think you should be aware of and take into account and that is the true cost of free advice. If you are still on the fence about hiring a financial planner, if you're not sure it's going to be worth it, then you must listen to this episode. Many, many, many people have been led astray by free advice. In seeking to save money, it costs them much more in the long run than they ever saved. Free advice can be the most expensive. That's coming up next week. And that will conclude our series on creating a financial plan. Look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. This podcast is educational only and is not intended to be investment, legal, or tax advice or recommendations, whether direct or incidental. Again, this is not investment advice. Consult your financial, tax, and legal professionals For specific advice related to your specific situation, never take investment advice from someone who doesn't know you and your specific situation.
All opinions expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the speakers expressing them. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Retirement mentorship is not affiliated with or controlled by any registered investment advisor, broker-dealer, or other financial services company.